CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is sponsored by Minima.Global and Circle. This is the Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the Metaverse, Web3, and more with stories that matter to the crypto world. All on the Hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to Coindesk TV. It is another crazy day here in the world of crypto news, and we're going to do our best to situate you in what is going on. There's so much going on. We talked yesterday about a potential acquisition of FTX by Binance, as was reported later in the day. And as we mentioned at the time, we mentioned at the time that it was looking unlikely, and as was announced later in the day, it did not happen. Binance pulled out of its uh, proposed acquisition of FTX, and now FTX is rapidly careening toward a bankruptcy filing unless SBF, founder of FTX, can raise some funding and potentially work this out. In a lengthy tweet thread this morning, SBF admitted bluntly, I effed up. And he didn't say it like that. He said it the real deal on there. There was plenty of stuff in this thread that exposed his understanding of the current events and the rapid unraveling of FTX and its sister firm, Alameda. He also mentioned that Alameda would cease trading in a bid to shore up the SBF crypto empire. Pretty crazy stuff that we are seeing. Tons of additional reporting coming out, including some pretty spicy reporting from the Wall Street Journal indicating that, according to a source speaking on the condition of anonymity, that FTX was lending customer funds to Alameda in a bid to shore up Alameda's shaky finances. If that proves to be true, those are some pretty damning allegations. A lot to get to today, so I'm going to toss it straight to Jen for her thoughts. Yeah, you know, remember when we were talking about Do Kwan and I said, I just really wish that he seemed empathetic and I really wish that he was sorry. I think that SBF executed on that communication that I was calling for, but I still feel nothing. I feel like you can say you're sorry all you want and you can say that you're for the people and you're really going to try and get this money back. But the actions leading up to this that are being revealed more and more as the days go on, as the hours progress, look really bad. It doesn't really look like SBF did have his retail investors needs in mind. It looks like maybe some laws could have been broken or at least some shady deals at least. And so it's, it's disheartening. I mean, I don't know what else SBF could say right now, but this whole situation is just very disheartening. 
I don't know, given the industry's sentiment on what's going on right now, how he's going to be able to get $8 billion to make his customers whole again. And so just like yesterday, I am completely disheartened. When I read that article that said about $4 billion of customer funds went over to Alameda Zach, it was just kind of mind-blowing. Two days ago, when Adam was on the show, I said, have we been kind of propping SBF up on this pedestal? Have we not been asking, like, did we all just miss something that that um, we should have seen coming? I don't know what the answer is to that, but it's just sad. Wendy, what do you think? There's a lot to unpack. The story is still developing. We're seeing a lot of different things fly around all over Twitter. One thing I think is very, very important to note is FTX US is a different entity of FTX International because a lot of people are confusing that. FTX US still is processing withdrawals. So again, if you have money there, you might want to consider removing those funds and you might want to consider removing funds from any crypto centralized crypto exchange and using self-custody. It's important to keep reiterating that. I think the story will continue to develop. There's going to be a lot more information coming out. When bad things happen, even if you say sorry, even if you have an explanation, it doesn't necessarily matter at times. So I understand that people want to hear they have these expectations in their mind that they want to hear X, Y, and Z. But at the same time, even if that person is able to deliver that verbiage, it's still not going to make a difference. Whatever happened did in fact happen. So I'm not defending Sam. I'm not defending FTX. I'm not defending anything. All I'm saying is, is I think regardless, it's still going to be a negative outcome for what, anything that he says. I'm sure there are people helping him, PR-wise, writing these things, getting this information out. I would hope so. I would hope that he's, you know, he's got legal. And again, I do hope that they are able to do something positive with customer funds. But those are, those are other reports. I know we'll segue that into my story later. But again, there's so much information coming out. It's kind of hard to keep track at this point. Zach? <laughs> it really is hard to keep track. I mean, let's assume that it was a genuine and heartfelt apology. I think the language in there would indicate that it was. But I think as more reporting is coming out, again, like the level of craziness that was associated with this is really quite scary. And the fact that FTX has unwound itself extremely quickly, and we have SBF now seeking remedy, whether that's through other partners in the crypto space, as we'll discuss later, or through other people who are willing to make a bet on him, that's, that's what he's looking to do. He's looking to raise the funds to make his customers whole. It's a noble goal. Uh, let's hope he can do that. But right now, based on Binance, looking under the hood and saying, whoa, wait a minute, no, we're not doing that and additional reporting coming out, it may be hard for SBF to secure the funding that he's going to need to make sure that his customers do become whole. So that is, it's going to be remarkable to see how this unfolds over the next, I guess, the, re the remainder of this week and into early next. But I can only imagine the behind the scenes machinations going on right now in terms of reaching out to people who may be able to extend FTX a lifeline at this present moment in time. Jen, what are you thinking? I Just off of Wendy's comment, I wanted to issue a public service announcement. Uh, probably about six months ago, I had a friend who wanted to buy a sizable amount of Bitcoin and had never purchased any crypto before. And I suggested, you know, if you're going to buy that much Bitcoin, you probably want to put it in cold storage. And the response I got was, you know, I really don't trust myself with something like that. I would rather have it on a centralized exchange. I think that this is a great example of why you don't want to keep a large amount of money that you plan on holding for a long time on a centralized exchange. And a misconception with cold storage or having a hard wallet is that if you lose that device, you've lost all of your money. That is not true. As long as you have your seed phrase 
you have access to your funds. So there are other options than centralized exchanges. And if you are still interested in investing in Bitcoin, this is not the only way to get into it. Interesting little foot, footnote here is that, you know, crypto prices are up today on strong macroeconomic indicators. So interesting to watch the, the, the prices sort of taking a little bump despite all the mania that's going on around this major story with FTX and Alameda on some indicators in the broader sort of macroeconomic world. Bitcoin and other, other assets are up today, which is quite, quite interesting to see given how tumultuous the news has been over these last couple of days. We're going to change gears. I'm going to throw it to Wendy for last word, and then uh, and then we'll switch it over. But Wendy, what are your thoughts? Before we talk about crypto volatility, because that's why everybody's here, I think it is important to kind of piggyback and go back to what Jen was saying on the responsibility of owning your keys and what that means. And I think that it is definitely a hard concept for people because we are used to just leaving our money in a bank and assuming everything's fine. And especially Americans, we think, okay, we'll leave our money in a bank. But in actuality, just because your money is in a bank doesn't mean that it's your money because you don't actually have physical contact <laughs> with it. And banks do similar things as they do lend other people's money out. Um, we don't know that we have some strict laws and protections that are supposed to help that. But at the same time, it's I feel like most of the DMs that I'm getting from people right now are like, Wendy, what exchange do I trust? Where do I go to buy my crypto? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, what I'm telling people is I'm telling people to wait till we see proof of reserves from a lot of different exchanges. And then you can go ahead and do your due diligence that way. And I'm glad that CZ actually set that precedent. And I know we talked about that yesterday was having proof of reserves, the Miracle Tree, all of that out so that customers can actually decide which exchange might be the safest. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be rough for quite some time. But we should talk about crypto volatility. TRX Tron momentarily surges 4,000% on FTX, FTX International, guys, FTX International, important to go ahead and clear, distinguish the two, after Justin Sun emerges as latest would-be FTX savior. Tron went up 4,000% from $0.06 cents to $2.5, I believe, after on FTX after Tron's Justin Sun offered a way forward. BTT Sun and JST followed these moves. High prices apparently are a sign that Tron-based assets will be redeemed on a one-to-one -one basis by Justin Sun. Again, this wouldn't be issued by FEX or any other entity. It would be issued by um, whatever Justin Sun is putting together. His plan is to attract and honor Tron-based assets like BTT, as well as Huobi's native HT tokens stemming from FTX. However, Sun's tweet did not make clear whether this solution would rescue FTX as a whole or only backstop the Tron-based tokens held on the exchange. And I think a very, very important side note is that Tether has frozen 46 million USDT held on the Tron blockchain by FTX following the request from law enforcement. It's a lot to unpack here. A lot, a lot to unpack. Um, before I hand it over, who wants it? Who wants it? I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, <laughs> is Justin Sun going to be the hero that we all deserve here? Is Justin Sun going to come in and save the day? That was my take. Is that was yeah, this what we're seeing? Lurking in this crazy, in the crazy, crazy upside down world in which we now find ourselves. Justin Sun is going to ride in on a white horse and just make FTX users whole again. Is that what's going to happen? Because that would be crazy. I think the TRX stuff that's also crazy. But yeah, I'm just I'm I'm going to be watching the Justin Sun thing. If Justin Sun emerges as the person who gives FTX its needed lifeline, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be a crazy story. That will just be, that'll be the cherry on top. Jan, I'm going to sauce it to you. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, we've really come full circle here, right? Just months ago, Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX were the ones who were bailing out 
they were the saviors for this industry. SBF was the one riding in on, the, on that white horse, and now he needs to be bailed out. It's just a really interesting dynamic that we're seeing play out here. So Justin and his team said that they're working around the clock to further avert deterioration in the industry. I wonder what that solution could look like, especially after Binance said, you know, the books are just too insane for us to even try and remedy. And so that's where my head goes when when I read this. I guess, Wendy, I'm going to kick it back to you from a trading perspective. If we were to kind of zoom out and take this high level, what should we be taking away from this? This is leading to capitulation in my point. Again, I don't think that we've seen capitulation with Bitcoin, with altcoins, with the entire crypto market. One key thing that we haven't seen yet is minor capitulation. And I know what sets this run a little bit differently from the last run is their collateralized loans. There's different companies that you can go to um, regarding Bitcoin and you can take out collateralized loans to kind of help pay tax or to kind of help with the whole tax situation and whatnot. I know that's a very attractive feature to a lot of people. However, there's a lot of misinformation regarding collateralized loans and how those work because there is a liquidation point and there are taxes. There's all different types of things associated with that. And I know that, again, I'm not a Bitcoin mining expert. I deter to other experts in the space. Like there's all different people I talk to. But I feel that we haven't seen capitulation yet. And I'm still looking for Bitcoin to drop about about 85% to around anywhere between like fifteen dollars to $10,000. And I believe we saw the areas of about $15,000 being hit. But yeah, there's going to be a lot more volatility that comes. There's going to be a lot of regulation that's pushed. And I highly, I just recommend people don't use leverage. There's no point to use leverage right now. and just be really, really cautious out there, especially with altcoins. If you're not an experienced trader, I probably would just take a step away and continue to watch the market. And Godspeed to all of the experienced traders out there trading this chop. I think that's great advice, Wendy. Every time you say, just sit on the sidelines. So happy you're, you're saying that because that FOMO that existed in the bull market still exists now. You know, everyone thinks maybe I'm gonna gonna get a deal, but maybe just sit on the sidelines until... Things have calmed down a little bit. I think that's great advice. Should we take it over to regulation? Or Zach, did you have something to say? I saw your head. I just want to say the FOMO is gone. There's a lot of people who are like, wow, I'm glad I did not learn about crypto. Wow, I'm glad I did not figure this out and put my money in. I'm seeing a lot of that out there on the old timeline right now. So I think the FOMO FOMO meter is extremely down as people reckon with a really unexpected collapse. And if you look at the numbers, Coindesk actually just had a great piece and talk in terms of what the bank run is looking like for FTX, something like 87% of uh, deposits have been withdrawn from FTX in mere days. So just to quantify what's going on. So here's a big question. What's the most important thing about crypto? It's not transactions per second, it's not convenience, and it's not even smart contracts. It's decentralization to achieve censorship resistance so we can all be free. Minima is a new layer one blockchain designed to run in full on a smartphone so that anyone can participate in building Minima's decentralized network as an equal. Join over 300,000 Minima node runners on the incentive program today to start earning Minima every day until mainnet launch. Get started at Minima.global. This episode is brought to you by Circle, the sole issuer of USDC and a leader in crypto that's held to a higher standard. USDC is a fast, safe, and efficient way to send money around the globe. USDC is always redeemable one-to-one for US dollars, 
and has over $45 billion in circulation as of October 13th, 2022. Plus, Circle posts weekly reserve reports and monthly attestations of reserve capital, letting users know that USDC is safe, transparent, and compliant with regulations. Just go to circle.com backslash transparency to see why USDC is a trusted stablecoin. Yes, Jen, let's, uh, let's do something else. What do you got? Yeah, I was wrong. The FOMO is gone. All right. So Gary Gensler went on CNBC's Squawk Box this morning and said crypto investors need better protection in a space that is significantly non-compliant. He called for crypto companies to cooperate with the SEC and added that investors around the globe are getting hurt. The SEC began a probe into FTX.com's handling of customer funds, according to an unnamed source and reported by Reuters. This while-known SEC opponent, Congressman Tom Emmer, tweeted this morning, Gary Gensler runs to the media while reports to my office allege he was helping SPF and FTX work on loopholes. Now, these reports he's referring to have not been made public, and he has not provided any proof to back up this statement. So a lot to unpack here on the regulatory front. Wendy, I'm kicking it off to you. What do you make of all of this? There's so much I want to say, but I have to figure out how to say it the right way. Um, I will say that I do believe um, Mr. Tom 99% um, what he's saying. And I am working with um, some nonprofit organizations trying to push positive crypto regulation on the back end. DCTA, you guys are more than welcome to check them out. I'm not receiving any compensation from them, just trying to help push positive regulation because we need it. But I really think that it's important that um, Gary Gensler is getting called out for this because what has Gary been doing the last couple of years? We see people like Elizabeth Warren coming out um, that's also confusing FTX International with FTX US. We're seeing all this misinformation being put out and they're just screaming for, for more regulation regarding the crypto industry. Does the crypto industry need regulation? It does need regulation, but at the same time, it does need, need to be able to foster growth, to foster revenue, to foster job creation, foster tech, foster all of those things. And we haven't seen any good regulation come out from the SEC or the CFTC at this point. So a lot of what's happening is pretty scary. And I do think that Gary Gensler does need to you know, answer to that. And we need to ask him, we're paying his salary. We need to ask why. What, why he was doing what he was doing and what was happening behind the scenes. And why don't we have any sort of guidelines to help create a safe place for people to continue to innovate? Last thing I want to say is that code is language and it should be protected under free speech. Never let a crisis go to waste. Winston Churchill said that. But Gary Gensler is living that life right now. And this is a damn good crisis in which to make a statement about consumer protection. And he's doing so. Even though FTX.com, again, the international one, it's offshore, it's not the US one, even though it doesn't fall within US uh, regulatory purview, it's certainly a moment for Gary Gensler to sound the alarm about crypto as it relates to consumer protections. And I think it would make makes a ton of sense that he would rush to get out there and sort of be involved in this narrative as he looks to rein in some of the excesses of the crypto industry. Uh, whether that's good or bad, I will not say, but it certainly makes sense that given the size of this blow up, that he would be front and center trying to advance this narrative that crypto needs more regulation in the US to protect investors from instances such as this, where these giant black boxes, these centralized trading intermediaries take on these risky things that ultimately lead to catastrophic failure. And I think uh, this does not help the industry's 
cause, right? This does not help the industry's case that it can uh, advance uh, innovation in a responsible manner if ultimately sort of the hubris and the greed involved here gets the worst of these firms and ultimately leads to people having funds frozen on these exchanges, potentially some of whom are US-based and maybe using a VPN to access what they otherwise wouldn't be able to access. So yeah, it makes sense that Gary's out here ringing the bell on consumer protections. Going to be interesting to see if anyone on the regulatory side advances this into something that, that, that turns into law one day in Capitol Hill. Yeah, Zach, I think it makes sense, right? The size of those holes on the balance sheet keep getting bigger. So it makes sense that we have the regulators out here front and center calling for regulation. I think if a centralized exchange is going to act like a bank, then maybe they should be held to the same standards as banks. Not saying that the banks are held to great standards, but maybe they should be regulated. And, you know, Wendy, to what you were saying yesterday, if if out of this, we get regulation where centralized exchanges have to prove that they have enough funds to back up consumer investments, I think that's a good thing. And Zach, to what you were saying yesterday, I think that this is just another push towards DeFi, right? There are options that are not centralized exchanges. I think people are starting to see some of the holdups with centralized exchanges. And maybe this is going to push the industry in, in the direction that it has been trugging along all this time. And so maybe it is the push we need and maybe we will get to a truly decentralized future where all of the intermediaries and all of this opaqueness is gone and we can just see what's, what's happening because it's fully transparent. What a, what a life that would be. It would be crazy. Real-time audit, like regulators could embrace that, like real-time audit and, uh, and understanding of what's going on here and what risk parameters are being uh, undertaken by these giant trading firms. That would be, that'd be crazy. One day, who knows? Wendy, what do you think? Yeah, but if all, everybody's super transparent, then it's going to put pressure on the public ser servants to be very transparent. We're going to know exactly where they're spending their money and how much they are spending for what services. A lot of things need to change to get there. So sad. Speaking of transparency, you can see the FTX international withdrawals are processing right now. There's some interesting chatter about the nature of those withdrawals. So check that out if you want to see that in real time. Uh, but again, still here today, all eyes on the FTX saga. Finance a little bit out of the picture now, unlike yesterday. But what is going to happen with FTX as it careens toward potential bankruptcy. Man, it is crazy. It is crazy out there. Anyway, that's it. That's it for the show today. Uh, again, you stay safe out there out in these markets and we will talk to you tomorrow. I'm Zach Seward. That's Jensen Assey. Wendy O on the other side. We're The Hash. Check us out here in the video format or on the podcast network. Good stuff over there as well. That is not The Hash. All right, that's it. Thanks so much for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.
Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.